welcome to Radiant Radio, a Radiant Black show brought to you by Black Market Narrative. I'm your host, Ryan Sidoti, and I'm so excited to be here kicking off year two of Radiant Black with a new show and something a little different than what you might expect. We're trying something else out here, but more on that soon. Uh, I got to start off by introducing my co-hosts. Joining me from across the country is a writer and co-creator for Radiant Black, Kyle Higgins. How's it going? Hey, Kyle. How you doing? Great. I'm great. We're uh, talking some Radiant Black uh, in a new format, in a new, on a new platform. So mm-hmm. that, uh, and I, I'm excited to get into how this came to be and 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 how we're all connected here, um, because the third member of our our fun crew uh, is editor and designer of Radiant Black and across all things uh, Massiverse, uh, Michael Basudel. Because I don't do enough podcasts already. well and that's actually probably a pretty good like setup or segue like that's how we all know each other and Mm -hmm. uh michael and i uh met because when i started when i took over uh when i when i did power rangers uh and and built out the book at boom uh early on uh someone tweeted asking if i would do an interview with the Ranger Danger guys. They're really cool. And I was interested in, in, I was like, I took a flyer. Sure, I'll do it. And they turned out to be really, really cool. It was Matt and Matt Groom and Michael Basudel here. So, uh, and, and that podcast uh, was uh, the Ranger Danger uh, series that, what do you do, Michael? You, you're, you, you can describe it better than I. We, we watch an episode of Power Rangers every week and then we talk about it. We are... 450-ish episodes in, we're about halfway in, it's taken us eight years, uh, still going. <laughs> so we so we did uh, an interview uh, and then we talked off air for a while because I was trying to get a feel for what this world was like and what the, the fan community was like and just what I was kind of entering into. And something that I had always kind of had in the back of my mind as, as a fun possibility would be, I love director's commentaries. Like, and I love that, you know, so, like Ryan Johnson has like a really fun version of it where, uh, I don't know if he still does it, but for a while he would record a, a, a commentary that you could put on your like phone or in your iPod and listen to in a movie theater, like in headphones. I know he did and- it for... Um, Last Jedi. Okay. I'm not yeah. sure if he did it for Knives Out. Oh, I, I think he did actually did for he? Knives Out. Oh, that yeah, would have been I a really so. good one. Yeah. And so I, anyway, I just love, I love the look and conversation behind the curtain of, of what goes into a book and the process and how certain decisions were made and things like that. Yeah. And for- so that's what the show that Michael, Matt and I built um, called the Ranger Danger Boom Rooms, and we did that for a few years. Hey, Kyle, can I tell you just a fun little fact while you're finishing? I love it? fun little facts. Uh, next week is six years since our first Boom Room. Wow, wow. We could probably uh, we could pro- if we were an advanced podcast, we could probably do a, a sound drop right here <laughs> of our first uh, our first time meeting. But anyway, from there, when we started building out Radiant Black. Um, then it, that's actually where Ryan, you and I connected because when you're not hosting Radiant Radio, this new, uh, iteration, shout out to Megan Camarina and, uh, her wonderful Twitch, uh, platform where we did the first, uh, Mm -hmm. year of Radiant Radio. 
Um, but uh, when you're not hosting uh, Radiant Radio here, you are involved in some other podcasts. Yeah, and that's how, uh, you know, we were introduced because, uh, you know, I host the Invincible podcast uh, along with our, my good friends Bill and TJ, along with the Oblivion Song podcast. And uh, it was going on six years, actually just past six years on the Invincible podcast. And that was something that you found, um, geez, uh, almost a year, a little, well, about half a year before Radiant Black even was released. Um, and you were getting into it and, you know, the show was coming out and uh, uh, you had just finally read invincible check checked out the uh the podcast and uh hit us up and we had you on our show and so it's it's crazy how podcasts kind of you know come come full circle for you it was a it was a a, kind of a weird (laughs) surreal experience because so i gave you guys the first two issues of radiant black when i did the invincible when we recorded the invincible podcast and so you guys were two of the you three were like some of the first people to read mm. Radiant Black. So we got to talk about it. And it was it was funny that I was talking to you guys the way that like Matt and Michael and I would talk when I was doing Rangers. But now it's about Radiant Black. And so then I was able to like, I, I could report yeah. feedback early to Michael about <laughs> the other podcast team. Uh, that's like an alt universe. Uh, you know, it's it's you know, they're the Power Ranger podcast for Invincible, Michael. I understand. Was the, how I basically described them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pretty pretty much. But it didn't take us, um, we're, we're the opposite though. We've read it like three times on that show over the course of six years, as opposed to never <laughs> finishing it over the course of eight years. Um, yeah. It's taken quite a while. But, but to what you were saying earlier, Kyle, like my experience with that whole audio commentary thing was... Um, uh, when I was younger and being so excited every holiday season when the extended editions of the Lord of the Rings would come out yeah. and they'd be those four disc book sets. And I was always excited to just dive into every special feature, including the audio commentaries. And so I absolutely loved, you know, uh, audio commentaries even back then. And so this whole idea of, hey, grab your the latest issue of Radiant Black. Um, we're going to talk about it, you know, page by page or scene by scene and, um, you know, get a little bit insight into it as we go through pull it up on your pull it up on your ipad or on your screen uh hold it in your hands physical copy yeah preferably if you have it um we're all big print nerds so sometimes there will be things uh in print that uh that we'll, we'll talk about um and uh yeah this is uh hopefully hopefully uh be a fun walk through uh the kickoff of year two. That's right. So let's kick it off with that issue 13. All right. So Kyle, tell us a bit about who did the cover or Michael, who did the cover. Uh, actually, I think Kyle, you can take this because I don't think I had anything to do with any of these three covers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so our A cover is by Stefano Simeone. Uh, who is the wonderful, wonderfully talented artist behind Mega Man, uh, the Mega Man books at uh, at Boom? Um, he's also on. I think he's doing he's doing a bunch of stuff. Uh, I think it's with Black Hammer right now. Hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, one of my favorite artists working. Um, we we tend to work with a lot of Italian artists. It seems um, part of that is probably just past Power Ranger connections. And, you know, Daniele DiNicolo and I did a lot of work together on the the Shattered Grid event. Um, So 
what I like to do with artists who have really strong styles and uh, kind of vis- their own visual identity is I just want something classic from them because I want to see their interpretation of the character. And so Stefano, you know, when he I asked him if he'd do a cover, he, you know, he was like, well, oh, can I just kind of do my own thing? I was like, for sure. So, and this is what came back. So we were holding it for a special issue because especially with, um, well, Michael can talk a little bit about the logo dress mm. change that we have on issue 13 here. Um, I just felt like this was a really bold kind of striking image for the launch of a year two. It is, and I think it is the the, the most, you know, striking different uh, looking cover since issue mm-hmm. one. Yeah. At least and a cover, this- at least a covers. And, and then the second cover is by Diego Sanchez. It's our 16-bit uh, Sega Genesis retro homage throwback. And part of this is, I mean, look, Marshall works at a retro video rental store. Like, it's not a far skip to retro gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love retro gaming, and this is definitely of our generation. And so we, I, I've been describing Radiant Black increasingly with the kind of tag that we are, while we are trying to tell, and we are, yeah, while while we were, while we are <laughs> trying to tell a very um, kind of bold, dynamic superhero story, this is also a series that celebrates being a fan of superheroes, mm-hmm. and so part of that uh, for me is like shining a light on different formats that um, superheroes have existed in that, you know, I personally really enjoy. And so video games is certainly one of those. And then our C cover is by Tom Whalen, whose work uh, I first discovered from actually all of the box art uh, for the Power Rangers uh, Lightning figure collections. So that's all Tom. So we reached out to him asking if he would do uh, a series of covers for us. Um, And this is the, this is the first one and it's mirrored by the radiant red number two issue two B cover. That's out. I believe it was out on the same one B cover. Oh, issue one, issue one B cover that was out on the same day uh, as radiant black 13. So Michael, do you want to talk? Do you want to talk about the logo? Yeah, we can talk a little about the logo. So, we, we launched Radiant Black with a logo decided by, uh, designed by Rich Bloom, who you've worked with a bunch, Kyle. Yeah, he's done. He's done prior to prior to working with you. He he'd done all my logos. Yeah, and um, it's a great logo. I like it a lot. It was just for some for some like sort of boring technical reasons, a little difficult to use in like dressing pieces of art that we got from people. And so very early on, I think actually before the book launched, I pitched this new logo to you, which is like very clearly built on the foundation of riches, but just a slightly different style. It takes up less vertical space, which is really useful. Uh, Some other like little tweaks like that. And I'm trying to remember what happened. Something was already finished that was using the old, the first logo and it was too late to change it. So we stuck with the first logo, but as it came time to release the first trade and then, you know, relaunching the book as year two, 
uh, maybe that felt like the right opportunity to sort of just let's just lock in one logo, be consistent, use the new one, mm-hmm. uh, and here it is. Yeah, I think that's the perfect time to be jumping into that too. With the year two, you've got two trades out there. Someone can go out, get the first few tr- two trades, jump on with issue thirteen, and it's a consistent logo across. Yeah, and we are using this logo on everything going forward. It's on, I mean, you guys have seen already, like, a variant of that on the Radiant Red series. Uh, we're using it for, like, international stuff and for any merch that we're putting together. Mm-hmm. This is the logo now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Kicking it off with a little bit of a flashback of sorts. Um, you know, yeah. That was the flashback sound. <laughs> Uh, Nathan's getting out of the hospital. Now, I, I, I'm sure you're going to love this question, um, uh, Kyle. How long was Nathan in the hospital for? Do you have that kind of in mind, <laughs> yeah. like, roughly? Yeah. Because I know you've got a calendar in the back of your mind somewhere. I, I think he was in the hospital. I think we said, Michael, it was something like... Ten months. Ten months. Ten so, months. Wow. So... Because you had it at nine and we did change it quite late. Yeah. So <laughs> my thinking is that um, he's been in the hospital for ten months um, and, and what that really means is that he was in the coma for nine and they probably kept him another month through physical therapy because he was still there six weeks after waking up. Mm-hmm. So that's another month and a half. He probably two months. So yeah, if it, oh, maybe it was eight months then that he was in the coma and then two months of, of recovering. So, um, and this is one of those things too, where like it, he's getting, you know, in super massive, he's in the movie theater sitting down um so it's super massive is, is designed to be able to just be its own thing but mm-hmm. i also wanted it to be something where it didn't invalidate you know i wanted to make sure that everything could line up if you wanted it to line up yeah yeah uh, i would just like to say that uh the timeline is not so much in kyle's head as in a word a google <laughs> document called <laughs> rated black master timeline that i have the tracks <laughs> exactly when every event is happening so that I know when to tell artists that they need to draw snow. Oh, nice. Yes. Yep. Yep. So you actually have it down pretty closely to the actual time of year and when, when this matters. Cause I mean, it takes place in Chicago. That's oh, something that I, is. Well, and the intention is these characters age. I mean, this is, this is the book takes place right now for a reason. Mm-hmm. It was, um, it wasn't, you know, this is not the sort of thing that I am normally like super concerned about in fiction is like tracking that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But quite early on, like I think issue six of Radiant Black pins them finding the radiance to Thanksgiving. So that gives us like, oh, this is when it's happening. And then all of a sudden, quite early on, we needed like tweets and social media stuff that has dates on it and so all of a sudden it's like well we could just put whatever on it or we could come up with a complicated google document and get it right every time there you go and that's great and that's something that i know as someone like who's dived into that stuff ad nauseum when with things like invincible that the fans appreciate you know, it is always nice to see that and to see the passage of time and, and, and for things to line up, which is why I started with that question. Um, but I, I, I also just love this uh, this moment of 
uh, Nathan going home, and it's this big moment, finally even the hospital, and second panel, it's just them arguing about traffic. It's just that, <laughs> yeah. that mundane, back to life, back to normal, smack of reality right, right off the bat. Yeah, that's something that um, you know you write you write from experience, and uh, I've I've certainly I've certainly been in the car uh, for different parental uh, uh, direction conversations. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming cougars are a familiar street. Oh, Gauger, yeah, yeah. Oh, Gauger, that, that might be sorry. yeah, that might be near where I. Uh, that, well, I'm not going to say the significance, but yeah. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, a couple pages from now too, we also got, you know, Kenwood, the, the, uh, brewery or, uh, was it yep. Kenwood started bringing in all these crazy types of root beer? Yeah. Oh no. I thought started bringing in, I wasn't sure if Kenwood was a person or a place. No, it's a place. Okay. okay. Yeah. It's yeah. a place just out of a place just out, outside of Lockport. Mm-hmm. It's so odd to me as someone who is very far away from this part of the world to rem- like at some point in my life I'm going to visit Lockport. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be like going to Disneyland, right? Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, oh, this is the place from the co- they built it in real <laughs> life. But in fact it turns out we it should, works the other way we should, and they built it in real life. First. We should coordinate that, Michael. Ah, uh, we'll work it out one day. Getting you here to the real Lockport and We'll make a big show of it, make a big uh, experience. I'm worried it will cause me to break mentally. I'm worried that it will do bad <laughs> things to my mind. Look, if Mar- if if Nathan can drink beer in the bar that killed him, <laughs> uh, surely we can. Fair enough. And that's something that I, I'm, I'm sure you know, Michael, and, and I'm sure some of our listeners know too, but that was one of those things that uh, in, in meeting Kyle and talking to him for the first time, uh, I discovered and reading uh, the first issue of Rain and Black, I discovered that I had been to Lockport, Illinois on a, on, a, on, on a whim two years prior to reading this issue and meeting Kyle. And I recognized the streets. I recognized the train tracks that I, that I crossed that, that, that comes at, you know, in, in, comes up in issue one and nine. And, uh, you know, it was, I've been into the comic book shop in Lockport, Illinois. And so it is very much a real place. And that's just uh, one of those bizarre things. And on top of that, I also work in Lockport, but Lockport, New but York. But a different Lockport. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you that the one that's the trippiest for me is that when we were putting together this book, it was before the world shut down. It was like mm-hmm. when we decided officially like, okay, this is the one that's going to come out first of the couple that we have lined up, um, Ordinary Gods for me personally, and, and then other things like Infernal Girl Red and some other titles. It was this, um, it was like C2E2 in 2019, or uh, so it was, uh, or was it 2020? I guess 2020, February of 2020, end of it. Mm-hmm. And so I was back in Lockport for like a day or two as I was finalizing the, the Michael Cho cover for issue number one, and we were really locking in here and what the series was going to be. And I remember feeling like I want to write the version of Lockport that I wish was here and from the time that and it was already starting starting to happen um because there's been an influx of tax dollars into lockport from amazon distribution centers i I believe and things like that and so um all the canal towns have really kind of come back and um it when i went back 
after or during actually the pandemic, but after the peak of it, when, you know, people were starting to travel again, I went back for the first time in a year and a half. And it was wild because all of a sudden there were these new bars and like breweries Mm -hmm. and like the marquee sign, they were lighting it up at night and like Embers had a speakeasy upstairs and it was like, whoa, like it really felt like some some weird true show. And then like I don't Alec think I knew I, that. I don't think I knew that Embers actually had a speakeasy. Yeah. So that line yeah. in issue nine is is inspired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the robot's trying to connect to Nathan, as we saw at the end of issue eleven. Um, but this is the first time like he speaks to him, or he speaks to him, and then that that's how eleven ends. Right. Uh, is the nope. You know, sorry, supposed to be as comedic as it as it plays here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's I I very much thought of it as as a comedic bit of like, yeah, no, 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 he's done. He's not. He's he's not taking nah, the call. Nah, he's nah. not picking up. <laughs> so then we get the moments with um, between Nathan and his dad and the credit card bill. Yeah, kind of. And again, calling back already a few callbacks to. Um, Issue one here, we've got the, you know, walking into the house with his parents, you know, pulling up mm-hmm. to the house. And now right. the the debt, the debt comes comes back. Yeah, I mean, that that was something that was kind of by design. Um, I, I kind of wanted to really approach Radiant Black in seasons. And mm-hmm. so like year one, year two, like there's seasons of a show. And within that, I also really like the framing device of like, you know, I take, I take where my page turn reveals are very seriously. Like I structure my stories for page turn reveals and where appropriate and really pride myself on, on pacing, but it goes double. uh, It goes double when you're talking about the possibilities of moving from the end of one season to the start of another. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I thought there was something really poetic about a return to home. And we very, um, you know, clearly are homaging or mirroring actually panels from Nathan's return to home in issue number one. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we can really shine a light on kind of how so much is the same, but how so much is different this time him returning home, you know, barely being able to walk like his parents supporting him. And then literally the credit card coming back and him realizing his greatest fear before dying and, you know, building falling on him would have been like his parents, especially his dad, knowing about this situation. And then to realize like, and he's been like paying towards it in a small way, like, Mm -hmm. Oh man, that's, that's tough, you know? So um, again, like radiant black is, is always going to keep a focus on, the very, you know, r- very real problems that these characters have in their lives and their personal lives. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, but it's, it's also the trick of then where the, those problems intersect with, um, the radiant abilities and adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and going off a bit earlier about what you said about page turns, this is, this is just a, such a great page turn, but they're talking about, you know, Marshall, you know, wanting to know, was he really there? Was he coming to the hospital as often? And then, uh, you know, in, in this moment, getting to talk about, you know, him actually disappearing. And, you know, his mother was planning a memorial. He was gone yeah. for six weeks. They thought he killed himself. Um, and, and you know, Nathan saying he believes in him. You know, he's, you know, there's more to him than everyone thinks. Uh, and flash forward to now. 
and we've got uh there's definitely much more to marshall uh <laughs> although um i don't know how much more um <laughs> so marshall is filming youtube ads for mm -hmm. um for products for sponsors for product placement and yeah. um we have a, a series of uh four fun little uh ads that i that i wrote um and then wrote the and we also wrote the actual copy for um because they're you know they're out on twitter um yeah. you, you can hear uh you can hear marshall marshall voiced him himself mm -hmm. uh Ra radiant black himself but over uh, on the yeah. radiant black twitter yep uh, but anyway, so these are a link in the show notes. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, and and an easier way to find them would be to just you know our most recent newsletter letter has them all compiled. That's true. It does the most recent newsletter. Mm -hmm. And so these are uh, we've got Carb, uh, the new guilt-filled delivery service from Driver that keeps uh, Radiant Black from salsing your tacos. Uh, we've got uh, we've got uh, Brush. Uh, that Radiant Black uh, <laughs> mispronounces as Bush and doesn't like that the name Brush is, is worse than <laughs> Bush is funnier. Uh, mm -hmm. The Manscaping Service, uh, Give Your Biz a Buzz. And then uh, a, a nice- I like the uh, idea of the VPN one being just this tech company that is just intelligible, uh, unintelligible. Like it's just gibberish. Was that, uh, a, was that, that might've been a Michael idea. Uh, nope, that was all you. No, okay, just vowels. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then that sets up uh, the most prominent one for the story, uh, Uncle Pete's, a series of four uh, pizza locations in Chicago that have arguably the best pizza on the planet if you were to l listen to Radiant Black. Mm -hmm. And so then coming out of these comes uh, the reveal that they've all been green screen footage that Marshall has been filming with his uh, his uh, cohorts, uh, Circle Guy News team, mm -hmm. uh, local uh, Lockport, Illinois uh, podcast slash uh, social media uh, promoters, connoisseurs, and merchandise yeah. sellers of all things Radiant <laughs> his, Black. His, his, his PR team. At this point, basically, I yeah. did forget that this was in this issue, and this has got to be <laughs> this has got to be weird, right? This is weird. <laughs> it's a it's little so weird. weird. So, for those looking, um, who who are the members of the Circle Guy News team, uh, Ryan? It's uh, Ryan, Bill, and TJ from Lockport, Illinois, with uh, absolutely no connection to myself, Bill, and TJ from Lockport, New York. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. It's uh, I just feel it, like it's inevitable that at some point Carl's going to do something horrible to one of these fictional characters. I know. I know. Who I know. We, <laughs> who should we kill, Ryan? I mean, some, you can do whatever you happen. want. It's your book. That's true. I can. <laughs> it is true. I mean, you guys exist in this somewhere. You, you, there is there is a moment. Oh, yeah. There was. Um, there is yeah, an Eduardo unfortunate. Eduardo into the hospital in issue nine. An unfortunate panel. Yeah, yeah that's true. But yes, so this is uh, this is our our look at um, Marshall's uh, most recent attempt to raise some some funds. You know, he was mm -hmm. gone for six weeks, uh, lost his job, um, mm -hmm. has since gotten it back. But um, you know, he's he's laid on rents. His his gas was, as we're gonna see, shut off. Like things aren't great. Yeah, um, those bills keep coming, even though you disappear for six weeks. But we also, yeah, we set up the idea also that 
um, there's a, you know, Uncle Pete's pays with this coupon. Uh, and Marshall loves un- the Uncle Pete's pizza. His dad used to take him there. Like, so mm-hmm. he's down to get down with some Uncle Pete's pie. But one of the things that uh, Circle, one of the, the, the cohorts of the Circle Guys news team uh, brings up is... Uh, well, he's been missing, you know, he, you know, some villains have been popping up. And this new guy named Excel is uh, has been causing some chaos. And he's like, hey, when, when are you going to take on, when are you going to take out this guy? You know, he's been, he's been an issue. And uh, Marshall calls out that I think these guys charge from being near, near us, you know, as he knows from Doppler. Um, so really, if he just, you know, waits him out a bit, I'm sure, you know, it'll take care of, take care of itself, right? That would be the hope. Um, that's actually one of my favorite things about our rogues gallery that we've set up is this idea that um, I've always been fascinated by characters like um, Parasite from specifically the version from Bat- uh, Superman, the animated series where mm. he charges and gets more powerful by being near Superman, like to yeah. the physical touch has, can absorb energy and abilities. Um, and to me, it, it creates an interesting dynamic because if you're radiant black, just engaging with these individuals actually makes them more powerful. So how do you stop them when you're the one that's making them more powerful just by being near yep. them? Um, and as we're going to see later in the issue, and then also in um, image uh, number one, the anthology that's launching in the middle, uh, I believe next week actually, uh, or the week after, I should say. Uh, well, we don't have dates on this episode yet. Um, it's the middle. <laughs> it should be out now. In the middle of April, um, Daniele De Nicolo, Walter Bayamonte, Becca Carey, and I are doing um, a series of uh, eight-page stories for four months um, called Shift that looks at the character Shift uh, that we're going to be getting to here in a second. Um, and the villain operation from the YouTube uh, channel front. And so far, the only character to appear in all three. I mean, right? Yeah. Because he's in Radiant Red. He is in... That's true. He is... Uh, Radiant Red, Radiant Black, and Shift. And Shift. He appears in all three. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. He hasn't been in Rogue Sun yet, but... No. That you know of. <laughs> um, but speaking of Shift, we're now at Epic Front. And uh, we see a um, uh, a pretty disheveled uh, Riley um, after the events of Supermassive. As, as you said earlier, Supermassive exists uh, in its in its own space, but uh, you can kind of slot it in uh, before this issue to find out what happened to his better half, Jace. Yeah, this this is probably the most direct Supermassive reference that we have, and it was one I couldn't really avoid. Um, but you know, it became clear to us very quickly uh, in make, in uh, working on Supermassive that yeah, Jace wasn't going to get out of this one alive. <laughs> so um, and Jace has been in so many scenes yeah. in this comic. I mean, he, he there has to be well, and you'll an see you'll see more about Jace um, in Shift uh, number one. But um, in the meantime, yeah, I wanted to play this um, kind of the ramifications of this on Riley and the whole kind of epic front um, operation. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, more on that in shift number one, but I will, I will kick it to you, Michael. What, uh, 
what was your uh, what was your feeling or reaction when we first started talking about building um, a YouTube channel that is fronting for uh, a supervillain supervillain um, f- <laughs> franchise uh, operation? Yeah, I mean, I think that this is something I don't. I feel like I talked about this in a letters column, but I don't remember which letters column it was. Maybe it's one that's not out yet. Um, about just the idea that, like, while I don't ever want to be super on the nose about it, we are doing a superhero book that is set in the present. And so that means interacting with those parts of the world because they are huge parts of the world, right? Like there would be Facebook groups about Radiant Black at this point. <clears throat> and it doesn't do anyone any good to pretend that that stuff doesn't exist. Yeah. And also like it's kind of new territory. You know what I mean? Is people have told a lot of superhero stories over the past, let's say 80 years and YouTube hasn't existed for most of them. So it's a great way for us to be like, Oh, here is here's something new. Here's something you haven't seen before. Yeah, and and I mean, talking as someone whose um, podcast turned it into a, a a character in the book, um, <laughs> social media really much takes a, a part in so much of this book. Not just the fact that these guys are YouTubers, but when it comes to the Twitter stuff and all the other references and social media and 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 calling out you know villains or locations and things like it's very much a living modern world. Yeah, and and it's always my whole my whole thing. I, I've told some people like the social media account, specifically the Radiant Black account. Like, if you don't know what it's referring to, it's probably in universe, uh, yeah. or if. Uh, it looks like it is intended to be in universe. It's in universe. Like yeah. that's the way we treat it. Like we use it for promotion as well. But there is for sure an in universe component uh, to some of the tweets. Yeah. Um, so uh, Excel needs a charge. He's getting low. Um, Jace isn't there. Uh, Riley's out of commission as, uh, uh, of sorts, and Shift gives him the opportunity to go go get some himself. I guess this is we should probably clarify what the vil, how the villain operation works like a little. Um, the idea and intention being that all of this gear charges from the or, or operates from these fuel cells and these fuel cells are charged by radiant black or any of the radiant's residual energy being near them. So the epic front operation basically franchises out to operators and rents them their gear and their charges in exchange for like a percentage of money they make on jobs that they have to hit a certain quota each month is the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Excel, as we can see here, there's already a problem because he's come for a charge and they don't have any. Yeah. They've had they've hit a bit of a, a road bump with Jace's death. And well, we don't really know here, but it was for anyone who read Supermassive, he was... And he was the monster and super massive. Mm-hmm. Um, but Shift offers Excel the option, sure, go charge yourself. And here's a, take a spare with you. Yeah. Like it's your business, run it the way you want. That's the point. In some ways, I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of like our books. Like every creative team is kind of doing their thing. 
you know, um, and it's more of a collective than it is, um, you know, one big kind of over overbearing kind of universe ruler. Although that's kind of Michael, actually, now that I said that out loud. <laughs> oh, is that your universe ruler laugh? Yeah, it's not a good one, no, but I'm not no. a good universe ruler. So I mean, that's just the way it is. <laughs> we'll have to work on that. Yeah. I I'm down to I'm down to build and ruin a few more universes to give you the practice. Oh there you god. Go. I don't have that time in my life, Kyle. <laughs> so we're back at uh this is Embers now? So this is Embers and this is um um speaking of uh running out of time, uh Nathan back in the bar that killed him. Um, yeah, sitting there and, and working on, uh, as we see from a conversation with Marshall, who shows up revisions on his new short story. He's been a bit prolific since he's been home from, uh, from the hospital. Yeah. But not the novel. He makes a point to call out that it, this isn't the, the, the big project that he was working on, but you know, it's, it's, it's steps at a time, you know, he's, he's. He's got a, a new lease on life. He's feeling good. He's got the girl. He's he's writing again. He's taking the step, getting in the bar that killed him and having a beer. <laughs> um, but, you know, one of those things that's not quite, I don't know, getting through is Marshall. I mean, he's trying and um, he's even hinting at like, hey, how about that other thing? You know, there's these things that I want to talk about. And he, you know, he clearly wants to uh, have this moment because they've never had this moment where they could talk about radiant black they've never talked about these abilities these powers since everything happened um and nathan as we can see because of the the robot and everything is kind of standing off he, he doesn't quite want to 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 open that door right now he seems content with where his life is currently at yeah i'd say that's a pretty fair read um i think too i mean this we also get a, a we get a reference here to cowl um, the, the film adaptation, um, great call with having the volume one trade cover, the, 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 the Blu-ray cover. That, the I mean, that would, that would be a natural, uh, a, a Blu-ray cover, uh, like Mondo release. So I feel like, yeah, they would have got, they would have went, went for the steelbook edition, um, mm -hmm. here, but, um, really, yeah, again, like I was talking about before up front, like this is a return to normal. Um, this is Nathan and Marshall sitting in the same spot at the bar that they sat in in issue one. But now the dynamic between them with the addition of JJ being in town and the, the kind of power like role reversal really that Nathan and Marshall have had with Radiant Black, like um, that really for me was I, was, I was looking to really accentuate despite things looking the same, they're incredibly different. Mm -hmm. Um, between these people, and um, and so this is this was really kind of the first time we were able to show that here in the issue um, with regards to Nathan and Marshall. Though I think hopefully it comes across like that's been going on for a little bit here, um, as Marshall kind of alludes to like really needing to talk to him about some stuff. Like I wouldn't say it's too far to read into to to think that Marshall has tried this bringing things up before yeah. and hasn't been able to have that conversation yet. And the hit, hits keep on coming. Uh, this, this next scene kills me, man. This moment with his oh, mom. Yes. I mean, hit, so Marshall bun bundled up in his house, you know, wearing the sweater because his heat has been shut off. Um, 
however, he gets Orson back. And, and and so what's the what can I ask the inspiration behind the name Orson? <laughs> well, Orson uh is named after one of Marshall's favorite uh filmmaker uh auteurs of the Wells variety. Um and um this is one of those um hey, the things that happen have fallout and consequences kind of moments where we meet Marshall's mom for the first time who, again, it wouldn't be reading uh, too far into it to say uh, they don't have a good uh, relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, But she was called when Marshall disappeared and um, she took his dog. And despite Marshall really trying to connect with her here and extend an olive branch, um, looking to sit down and, and talk, it's been a while, uh, or, or even to get dinner. Um, it doesn't really seem like that's, uh, something she's interested in. And, um, yeah, this was, this was a bit that I, I, I knew, uh, you know, I was gonna, <laughs> Michael, I think I messaged you when I finished the scene and said, all right, I think it's, I think it's sad. <laughs> I think you messaged me to say, is it too sad? <laughs> like, does it go too far? And I don't think it does. This is just what some people are like. Yeah. Well, yeah. And so the idea that um, him disappearing and her being saddled with his dog, you know, dogs cost money. And as we see here, his, his gas is turned off and he's doing YouTube ads for manscaping products and um, he doesn't have money. And so she leaves with the Uncle Pete's gift card in her hand. After uh, saying that After she... telling him that she didn't even like the pizza there. Yeah. But it's a way, it's it's a form of currency. And uh, that's that's Marshall's home life. It's a real bummer, Kyle. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with that. Uh, Fair enough. We follow that up with a page of Excel blowing up uh, one of the Uncle Pete's uh, buildings. Uh, this one in, yeah. in the city here. So that's something. That's something I've seen. I've seen some people ask what Excel's powers are. I've seen people actually describe him on websites, um, like in some of the write-ups, that he is a speed villain. Like you know, he's a speedster, but he's actually he's actually not. So the name Excel. Actually, I think it's the I think Ryan of Circle Guy News points yeah, it out Ryan, in the issue. <laughs> um, accelerates atoms, so it's kind of like a little bit like Gambit, where Gambit is charging things with kinetic energy, but Excel is actually accelerating the molecules, the atoms themselves, and this is what ends up supercharging things to to explode. But while this is happening, Marshall is fast asleep on his couch. He fell asleep watching. Um... Watching some cowl. That is, he is watching some cowl. Yeah, we got blaze there. That's the uh, that is the blue blaze mm-hmm. um, floating somewhere. We have um, we have some some fun uh, Easter eggs. That TV, I think that TV might be drawn by Rod. I know. Rod Reese, the I know he did the one cowl. in nine. Yeah, yeah. We'll do. We're we're not going to do in, uh, individual podcast episodes for the first 12 issues of Radiant Black, but maybe at some point we'll do something and, and touch on some things like that. The TV mm-hmm. screens in issue nine of Radiant Black, the cowl screens, those are actually drawn by Rod Reese. I asked him to come draw a few TV screens um, since he's the co-creator of the book Cowl, which 
was a continuation and adaptation of the short film The League that kind of all of this uh, started with. So, mm-hmm. I will say if this screen isn't Rod, uh, we did a really great job of making it look like Rod style. <laughs> right? I know. And actually, this is a, a really great time to call out uh, Raul uh, Angelo, who's one of my favorite colorists uh, yeah. working. He, he does a lot of the Power Rangers books. And uh, we were lucky enough to, to get him for one issue here. Um, Igor Monti is going to be taking over with issue 14 of the series, but um, we weren't just schedule-wise. Igor wasn't able to, to take issue 13, so Raul was nice enough to come in and join, and he just killed it, knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Marcelo as a former colorist himself is, you know, certainly someone he's picky. picky, (laughs) Yeah. And, and so am I. And so, um, Kyle might even be more picky than Marcelo to be totally honest with you. I'm pretty picky, especially about color. Um, because it's the filmmaker and design kind of side of me that, um, yeah, but, um, but this scene in particular of, of Marshall waking up from texts from, uh, from Bill and TJ and he's watching Cowell by himself and then turns on the news and sees that three of the four Uncle Pete's locations has been, have been blown up. I mean, the storytelling that, um, that, that Raul, Marcelo and then Raul are, is, is bringing in the color is just fantastic. Yeah. Like you feel, you feel the, the intensity there. Uh, and you see where Marshall's head is at immediately, and then that brings us on on a page turn to oh my, uh, my God. favorite this was page the moment in the issue because I I realized we had you know we wanted to call out um, Marcel and Raul earlier at the top of the uh, issue here, but uh, a couple pages ago I remembered that and I was like oh and I, we got to call him out at this moment Marcelo in this yeah. in, in this page on this panel um, seeing that determination that anger and just this the, with the rain coming down it's truly an epic looking moment. Totally. And this for me, like it was a scene that I really wanted to make sure we had the space and, and were, were able to do because this is a tone change scene for me. Like um, this is this is a transitional moment that tells you the reader, like everything about this page yeah. is pretty serious down to the, down to the water dripping off of his helmet and everything and in the rain and, and the monotone, you know, the blue you know, Chicago police squad lights, squad car lights, you know, really bathing everything mm-hmm. and giving them this like intense backlight. And so and I, I'm sorry, I love Kyle, that stuff. Just you, this is something that came up while we were making it. Mm-hmm. Chicago police cars are only blue lights. Yeah. So Chicago police are, are blue. It's all blue lights. Yeah. There's not blue and red there. There I've seen there's blue and red for, um, there they show up, uh, on some stuff, but, but predominantly it's all blue. Yeah. Wild. Interesting. I'm not sure why that is, but that, it, that goes back to the sixties as well. Is it a thing where um, like sh- police are blue and like ambulance and fire trucks still have blue? Red? Yes. They're red. Okay. They're not blue. Ambulance fire trucks are red. Yeah. Uh, maybe some ambulances are blue and red. I might, I might have that. That might be what I'm thinking of, but yeah, most, most squawk or sometimes I'll see like special units, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a special unit SUV or something and that'll have blue and red, but yeah, predominantly it's all blue. So it's a, it's something like that you want to talk about being picky about color. Like it's little things like that. And even to like our, the way we do the, like our sodium vapor skies that for me are, are really important to making 
it's really setting the stage and the mood of where and 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 the the place and really making it feel like a place that that's real mm-hmm. um and uh yeah so I, lo- I love that stuff all right so excel lures him into the building uh you know they, we get some more back and forth about him charging him starting to feel the charge not yep. you know marshall pretty quickly being like oh okay i see where this is going i'm gonna head out um good luck getting shot by swat uh uh but um you know excel uh charges up and this is one of the things calling back to his powers and what was happening here in this moment uh he had you know marshall even calls it out right like he was right he previously charged up a few things and set them off in that moment right right can I say, Kyle, like, we've been building out this rogues gallery, like, people have met Doppler already, this is Excel, mm-hmm. there's some more guys coming. And part of the struggle is that is, like, how do you differentiate a bunch of people? Obviously, they all have different powers, but how do you differentiate them as people? Mm-hmm. Excel's a freak. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, he's he's into this in a weird way that I was not expecting when you turned the script in. Yeah, yeah, no, he's got uh he's got a thing for this. Um and it's something where I think as you see him cuz he'll be showing up elsewhere, like he's very smart, but he's also very direct with what he wants. And um as as someone who is a strategist, like the most direct like cut out the middleman, like the most direct way to solve all this is to get just get get the radiant from this guy. And like make his life hell until he gives it to him. And then um, that, you know, when Marshall says he literally have to kill him, well, then that, okay, that gives him a, that gives him a, a cause or a path towards what he wants. Um, and so, yeah, but as this fight unfolds and he's, you know, supercharging kind of more and more by being near Radiant Black for as long as he is, you can see like, there's a there there's a bit of uh, there's a bit of joy there for sure. And with these two pages pulled up right now, I, we got to call out Becca Carey. She's so good. She's great. She's just so good. <laughs> yeah, I've run out of, of things to say about how good she is. <laughs> so Marshall's had it. Uh, I think it's safe to say at this point. And the fight continues. He takes it to the sky. Um, and this moment, after everything going on with you know, his job and uh, Nathan and his mom and the pizza places. And and now this guy that's just like, I'll just keep killing people. I'm going to go after everything you do, everything you promote, everything you love. Uh, and Marshall is just like, you are hurting people for no reason, no reason at all. You just want to feel some power. All right. Because I feel like sharing it. And you get your, your page turn to reveal... Uh, this uh, the third phase, this third tier, and what are you calling this, Kyle? Well, we call them. We call kind of internally. We call them their god modes. Mm-hmm. So um, the second mode, or the first, yeah, I guess the second mode for for Marshall for Radiant Black is is the cape mode. Marshall calls it cape mode. This is something beyond that, um, and you know how we get there. We've we've been touching on. Um, the fact that throughout the series, like the abilities, the powers interacting tend to interact in weird ways. And that goes for 
some of the 001 technology, which is what all of like Excel and Shift and all of these guys' gear is, is actually being made from. Mm-hmm. And 001 was the glitchy guy in issue seven and eight. And when he struck, when his gear struck radiant pink as she was teleporting, it supercharged her as well. So there's some sort of kind of energy mixture al- alchemy going on here mixed with a lot of rage and a lot of a lot of martial issues mm-hmm. um, I think that that ultimately are getting us into this um, the, you know unlocking this kind of form and uh, I I love the coloring on this I love how Marcelo and Raul built him I love the coronal aberration and um, just to see how he dismantles um, Excel kind of before our eyes is uh, w- was really something. Yeah. So, yeah, we knew we wanted to end our first issue of year two uh, with something unexpected and, and certainly uh, a promise of potential. Um, and uh, I don't know that anyone was necessarily anticipating that that potential could be as uh, kind of perhaps dark tinted as uh, this ending may may imply here. Mm-hmm. But that's all I'll say about that. Because that's that where you left particular. it. It's left mm-hmm. ambiguous. Um, it looks pretty pretty dark. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I it mean, looks like a, it looks like it could be a kill shot. Are we gonna get an answer in fourteen? Well, the preview pages are actually out um, oh, already. So, and, and where can people see those preview pages? So the best way to see the preview pages is through the Black Market Narrative newsletter, uh, which you can sign up for at uh, blackmarket.la or actually through our Radiant Black site as well, uh, radiant.black. And so this newsletter uh, we are putting out uh, twice, uh, bi-weekly basically, um, so every other week. Um, I was a little late on this one, but that's the new uh, schedule that we're, we're going with. Um, and so we'll include preview pages for issues that are going up for FOC. Um, we do limited edition merch drops and stuff um, mm-hmm. for different, like the Blacklight cover only available to us. Um, and um, so the first preview pages that went up uh, the, yesterday, uh, yes, uh, Excel is alive, though he is uh, in... Uh, in, 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 he is hospitalized. Uh, I'm not sure if we said he's in critical care or not, but, um, and then there's discourse happening about what just happened. Yeah. And so that's, that's where we leave the opening and Nathan, uh, discovering that and watching, seeing all of this discourse and, uh, you know, it's going to be, uh, it's, it's, it's a fun one. Yeah. Um, and, and there are some hard conversations that, uh, that will be had. That's right. Well, very exciting, man. And, uh, we have a date on issue 14. That is, yes, yes we, we do, do because we've sent it to print. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can definitely tell you what that date is. You know, I used to never understand why people didn't know when their books were coming out, but now I get it. Uh, May 4th for issue 14, Star Wars day. Hey, that's right. There's no Star Wars in this issue. There's not. I don't think. No. No, I don't think so. Awesome. Anything else you have, uh, Michael, or anything from the Massiverse side that uh, you want to... Oh, gosh. Uh, Hold on. Let me open up my huge email full of dates. Uh, Give me one second. Um, Here we go. So, uh, May the 4th... um, 
Radiant Red 3 and Rogue Sun 4 will also be out in May. They'll be out a little later in May, a couple of weeks after that. Um, that's all that we've got going on in May, I think. Um, but yeah, that's all. And volume, now, now volume two is out now. Volume two is out now. Came out alongside this issue. Great. Check out the newsletter, like Kyle pointed out and the, uh, and give it, uh, give them a follow over on Twitter, Radiant Black. And it's at Radiant BLK, uh, and then I'm at, at Kyle D. Higgins. Uh, M underscore Basoodle. And I'm at Ryan Sidoti. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you again next month for issue 14. Stay radiant. We'll be radiant.